You're listening to the Journey to Zero podcast, hosted by All Truck Zero. If you want to stay ahead of the game and find out more about the very latest green truck technology, or you're looking for hints and tips on how to decarbonize your own fleet, then this is the place for you. In this podcast, we'll be sitting down with the thought leaders who are guiding the way on the journey we're all on as we work to decarbonize the transport industry. Hello and welcome back to the Journey to Zero podcast. Today I am really excited to be joined by Siobhan Anderson. Siobhan is part of the Tire Collective who have been blowing up the news since they started up. They've been featured in the press all around the world as they come up with this really unique invention. So I do feel really honoured to have you on the show Um, and I can't wait to find out a bit more about yourself, where you are with the project and how you could potentially help the commercial vehicle industry drastically cut down their emissions through this amazing invention. So yeah, thank you ever so much for joining me. I'm just wondering if you could introduce yourself and sort of share with the listeners what your mission is at the Tire Collective. Yeah, hi. Uh, Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here as well. Uh, So yeah, I'm Siobhan. I'm one of the co-founders of the Tire Collective, and we are a green tech startup. We're developing some technology to collect uh, tire wear pollution at source before it has a chance to enter our environment. And we're also looking at how we might make this uh, material or incorporate this material into a more circular uh, business plan and how it could be recycled or reused safely. Yeah, that's absolutely wonderful. So how did you become involved in co-founding the Tire Collective? Sort of what, what's your story in coming to this? Yeah, so there's uh, four co-founders and we actually met um, on our master's course uh, here in London at Imperial College and the Royal College of Art. And um, we were given a project to look at how we could create a impactful change in the world and looking at more sustainable outcomes. And we originally were just looking at microplastics, but the more we looked at this problem, we kept seeing tireware come up in all these studies that we we're reading. And it was something that we hadn't really heard of that much before, but we found it to be really interesting, especially once we started looking at the scale of it and how much was actually being produced and the fact that nothing was really being done right now to prevent this. So we founded the Tire Collective and we decided that we wanted to do something about it. And here we are uh, like a year and a half later, uh, we just completed our first on-vehicle trials, um, collected our first samples of real world uh, tire wear and um, we're looking to go into our next pilot phase. That's absolutely fantastic. (laughs) Sounds like you're making good progress. It's been Um, an amazing journey for sure. When was it that you started the Tire Collective? Sort of how did it become from a uni project to an actual startup? Um, Well, it was in our last year of university. So uh, 2019. Yeah, if I have my dates right, COVID has made my sense of time go out the window. But I believe that's when it was. Um, Yes, so when we were in a university project, we developed our technology uh, in an in-lab setting and we actually filed our first uh, uh, patent at that time, but then we had to set it aside for a little bit and complete um, our graduation. Um, but after that, we decided to come back together, and um, that's when we really started looking at how we could be a part of different incubators and start receiving or applying to different grant funding and uh, become a bit more efficient in what we're doing. And it's just kind of grown from there. 
Yeah, that's absolutely wonderful. Um, so, I mean, before seeing the Thai Collective in the news, I'd never heard of Thai Dust. I didn't know it was it was a thing. Um, so I didn't, especially that Thais are the second largest source of microplastic in the ocean. I think I heard in one of your videos, which is yeah. quite frightening. <laughs> Um, so why do you think so many of us are unaware of this problem? And yeah, we know about microbeads and beauty products and fishing nets. So why don't we hear about tire dust? Yeah, well, you're definitely not alone in that. It's not a common uh, thing. It's mostly just because a lot of this research is just now coming out. Um, so it's only been in the past couple of years that we've seen a huge amount of volume of studies and long-term projects starting to look into this. And I think that has mostly been because over the past years, we've had more interest in microplastics in general growing. And as we've looked at this more closely, we found these particles that aren't really uh, traditional plastics, but uh, the more research has gone into it, we realized that it's tire rubber. And so we've seen the interest in the research community growing. And now that's starting to spill out into public awareness as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, frightening that we don't know about this that much, but it's good to hear that there is more research being done in this area. Yeah, I mean, it's it's frightening and it's concerning, but I think it's also something that we should look at as a source of hope because we have a, like we know what the problem is and we there are tangible ways to address it. So while there does seem like a lot of times there's a lot that's going on that's uncontrollable in the world, I think that this is a problem that we can actually gather around and find solutions for. Yeah, that's absolutely wonderful. I'm just wondering whether you could explain a bit more about your solution then. How does it work? So what is a bit more about your invention and how it works on the vehicle, where it fits, et cetera? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we... Um, discovered that tire wear is actually charged due to the friction with the road. So because it has this charge attached to it as it comes off of the contact patch, which is the point the tire meets the ground as it's spinning, um, we're able to use electrostatics to uh, attract and deflect these particles into a collection storage tank. Uh, from there, that can actually be emptied on regular maintenance schedules. Um, and we're working with uh, recycling companies right now to assess the composition of this material and see how it can be reused. Um, so currently we're looking at making a device that could be a retrofit onto any vehicle. Um, hopefully we're looking at targeting fleet vehicles such as vans and trucks right now, just because they already have regular maintenance schedules. But going forward, we are in conversations with uh, vehicle designers to see how this could be incorporated into the actual design of the bumper or the wheel arch itself. Yeah, that's absolutely wonderful. It would be great to have sort of an integrated system on new vehicles. So that would be amazing. And I think our listeners would like to hear that um, yeah, you're already starting you know, projects and tests on commercial vehicles. So that's absolutely wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. It's something, you know, the, you can do as much simulation and lab testing as you want, but you really need to be out there. Um, and especially like the being in the wheel arch next to the tire, it's a very uh, turbulent space. There's a lot going on. So we wanted to keep that in mind from the beginning. And I think that's also why we really are aware in the long run, we need to be more incorporated into the vehicle body uh, itself. Yeah, absolutely. Do you know how it's sort of going to work, you know, in wet conditions and snowy conditions, I guess, like you say, there's a lot going on behind the tire. So 
because it's positively charged etc it's not actually it's not like a hoover for example it's not hoovering it up would that mean that snow and water and dirt will just be dispelled from from it or how, how does that work or could work yeah so i guess uh firstly because the particles are positively charged we are able to selectively pull them out of the airstream um so that does disrupt uh stones and dirt and things like that causing too much of an issue with us it is something that we're designing for for how to re reflect that out of the more sensitive areas of our device um, but as a minor problem it is something that we're able to sidestep a bit uh, water is going to be a bit of a challenge um, but the thing is when it rains and there's less friction on the road you are actually seeing less tire wear produced um, same thing under snowy conditions um, so there is going to be, and also the particles don't become airborne as quickly. The water and the humidity tends to change their trajectory or cause them to stick to the ground. So there's going to be a humidity cutoff point where our device within the wheel arch isn't going to necessarily be needed to be on. Um, and then if it is get uh, completely soaked and like underwater, then uh, our device wouldn't work on those conditions, obviously. Yeah, it's really interesting that you mentioned that there's not as much tire wear in snow and rain, etc. Is there any other things that can cause more tire wear or less tire wear that maybe we could do right now to, to help stop as much tire wear before these, these products are available? Yeah, so tires wear down um, every time, well, specifically in the times that you're accelerating and braking. If you've seen uh, tire marks on the road, then it's a very easy connection to realize that's when it's being produced. Um, also more is produced under warmer conditions. So after you've been driving for a really long time, the tires start to heat up or just when the, the temperature is warmer outside. Um, so, I mean, to produce less tire wear when you're driving, you could um, try to drive at more constant speeds, accelerate and brake a bit slower and more evenly, but these are very difficult to apply in real world conditions as well if things happen. Um, so it's really keeping that in mind as much as you can, uh, but also the weight of the vehicles do create more tire wear. So heavier vehicles create more wear itself as well. Yeah, I think I saw on your website, these um, you have these images of the boxes of how much tire wear come off buses, which is quite quite started in really this uh, visual you know, example of what how much tire wear comes off tires daily, which is, yeah, it's, it's shocking. So I would definitely recommend the listeners going to have a look at your website at that. And I suppose trucks would be quite similar to buses on how much tire wear comes off. Is that right? Yeah, that is. So those cubes that you're mentioning, that was part of um, our early work to try and visualize this a bit more. So the longest uh, bus route in London in 24 hours, it produces a cube about the size of a grapefruit of tire wear. <laughs> which is a pretty shocking visual. Yeah, um, definitely. And yeah, trucks and vans, depending on if they're loaded or not, are closer to the range of buses. Um, but I mean, of course, if you have a, a bus that is has a, a fully loaded with all of its passengers, if you're looking at the amount produced per person versus if you were taking your own car, it still is less. Um, so I guess public transport is still a way forward if you're looking at reducing your own tire wear emissions. Yeah, no, that's absolutely wonderful. And so I know you mentioned a little bit about you're doing testing and things at the minute. Do you have an idea of when this might be available to buy? For I'm sure there's going to be so many people interested in reducing their, their tire pollution and 
tired dust so when do you think do you have some sort of idea of date or is it still quite early stages it is quite early stages but as I mentioned we did just finish our first um minimum viable product and uh we're looking at having our next pilot coming out um 2022 so next year and so that's going to be on a fleet of about 50 vans um in a bit more of a controlled environment and we're looking at developing um, some other aspects of our device during the rest of that year and potentially have a small rollout in 2023. Um, but as I mentioned, our first roll is gonna be a retrofit. It is gonna be looking specifically at fleet vehicles, um, just really making sure that we're incorporating everything in a way that makes sense. Because of course, with our technology, there also has to be a support system with that and making sure that we're working in a way that aligns best with these fleet vehicle operators um, and making sure that we're incorporating every part of that system together. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so as you're producing this project pr product, I'm just wondering what sort of materials are going into making this? Because obviously I guess it's quite important for you guys to make sure it's sustainable and hard wearing so that you're not adding mm. the, you know, the, the pollution, for example. But yeah, I'm just wondering what sort of materials are you using and where are you getting them from? Yeah, of course. Um, I can't talk too much on the exact electronics and how we're dealing with that that's no problem, still that's uh, confidential but the outside housing we're actually looking at different recycled materials that we can use uh, for instance in our last uh, prototype we're actually using uh, recycled carbon fiber um, so we're trying to be as circular as possible with everything that we're creating um, and we're going to be looking at a couple other options going forward as well yeah brilliant no it's good to hear that you're using recycled material so wonderful um, and I think I heard you mention on some of your videos about what happens after the you collect this tire dust what you can then use it for if you could explain that to our listeners a little bit where this tire dust goes once you collect it yeah so right now we're looking at characterizing what kind of chemical properties it has uh, we would potentially like to see if we can reuse it back into either new tire production or other tire products, uh, potentially also looking at creating tire uh, retreads. So this is, as I'm sure you know, fairly common in uh, the truck industry, but it could be a more sustainable way to address that um, and potentially making the entire tire more circular. Is that too, too punny? I don't know, but... Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so anything that uses rubber is something that we could potentially use this product back into. Yeah, oh, that's absolutely wonderful. Um, so, sort of as engineers, why are you looking at retrofitting this device rather than maybe reducing the tire dust, you know, from the tires? I know they're quite a complex thing to, you know, tires have got so many different materials, so maybe that's why, but I'm just wondering why you decided to sort of go for retrofit device. Yeah, well, there's a couple of reasons why we went for that. I think, um, first of all, it's really the tire wear itself has two main problems with it. Um, one is, of course, the ingredients and if there's anything toxic in there, but also it's just the physical presence of these particles disrupts our oceans and our food chains. Um, it contributes to uh, particulate matter or PM pollution in our air. Um, and this is stuff that we can actually breathe in. It's small enough that it affects our lungs um, and can potentially lead to different heart and lung diseases. So solving just the composition of the tire isn't enough. We need to look at both aspects. So with that perspective, we did look a little bit at how we could change um, 
the composition to be less toxic. There are already some companies that are looking at that. Um, but we decided to focus on the after that point to see how we could collect these particles before they contribute to either of these problems. Um, so that's why we started looking at how we can retrofit, how we can collect at source to make sure that we are contributing and adding to that chain of collection and prevention. I mean, that, that does make sense. And you said there that it's also in, in the air, which is, yeah, it's good. crazy how it can go from on your tire to also going into the oceans and in the air as well, because we're all so focused on fuels and fuel emissions. So yeah, we've got to think about tires as well. Um, and is that a, still a, I guess it's still a concern as we move to electric vehicles is that tires do wear, and I guess they wear even faster on some EVs that are heavier. So it's really Yeah, important. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so electric vehicles, because of the added batteries and uh, the battery weight, sorry, and also the torque of the electric engine, they yeah. tend to wear through tires uh, faster than gas counterparts. Some of the companies that we're talking with have noticed that their tires on their electric vans, for instance, are wearing about like 2.5 times faster. Wow, okay. Uh, so <laughs> that's a big issue going forward if we're thinking about how we want to create truly zero emission vehicles is to take account every aspect of pollution. Um, and as you mentioned, tire wear, it actually, it has a huge size range in the particles that are produced. So you have really, really tiny ones that immediately become airborne and can stay there and be breathed in. And you have larger ones which land on the road and can be washed uh, into our oceans. So approaching the problem from both of those perspectives, it's a, a huge challenge. And that's once again, why we decided that it's best just to go as close to the source as possible to prevent this from getting into both of those problems. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and so has anything been done before to combat this problem or are you complete innovators in this area finding out about it now? <laughs> you think, oh, someone must have thought about this before, but or are you sort of complete innovators? Uh, <laughs> well, as I mentioned, there has been some companies that are looking at creating less toxic tires. Yeah. Um, one company, Enzo, for instance, is uh, one that we're working with and looking at how they're creating uh, tires that can be less polluting. There has been some work done on looking at rolling resistance of tires, but that's mm -hmm. really only been in relation to looking at how we can reduce fuel consumption. Yes. Um, we really are the first to market looking at collecting the particles themselves and working in collaboration with industry to do so. So those companies that are creating more eco-friendly tire compositions and vehicle manufacturers, that's something that we really believe in that we need to be open about what we're trying to do and talking with everyone that has a stake in this problem, including the public on how we're gonna solve this. Yeah, I think it's just, it's absolutely amazing that you've come up with this invention and you are innovating in this area, but you're thinking about everything. So it is a you know, circular economy. It's not just this device you're making, but you're also thinking about the materials you're using and where the tire dust is going to go. So absolutely. Yeah, it's really, really inspiring. Yeah. Um, and I guess, sorry, just one other thing. Like we're yeah. also really um, invested in adding to the research that's on this. So working with institutions that are investigating the effects, the creation, how this affects uh, human health. So we're actively trying to support um, any research that's in that area um, with like samples or understanding or aiding in any way that we can as well. We think, yeah, it's important to be involved in all aspects of this. 
Yeah, definitely. No, that's wonderful. Uh, so what is sort of the biggest challenges that you face with making this product and getting it out there? Uh, right now, I would say our biggest challenge is scaling. Because, um, I mean, we've moved past our initial proof of concept and now we're into a more in-depth development. So this means exploring how to best access advanced resources, equipment and specialists and coming out of a bootstrapping startup into this space that's really collaborating with industry more. We are kind of in uh, in-between space with figuring out how to navigate that. And it's been a bit challenging, but um, I mean, luckily our network and support is very strong. Working with Imperial has really added um, to the access we have to some of these facilities. And also our team itself has a really uh, wide background. So my background's actually in biology, but we also have people with backgrounds in mechanical engineering and architecture. Uh, and this has really actually allowed us to quickly navigate some of these fields um, and help us find what we need. That's really interesting. So how do you find that your background in biology helps with uh, the tire collective then? I thought that you were you were engineers, so that, that's really, really exciting. <laughs> a, yeah, a wide range of backgrounds. Uh, yeah, I mean, for me, it's really enabled us to quickly speak with researchers and scientists about what they're working on and understand the problem from its root and the effects so we can more closely focus on the parts of the problem that are causing the most harm um, and then plan out our future research going forward to make sure that we're still in line with the goal that we hope to achieve, which is to reduce pollution and make the world a bit better place for everyone. Yeah, oh, no, that, that's really lovely. Um, so what is the thing that spurs you on the most then when you are in and amongst these challenging times? What sort of is the thing that keeps you going? Um, I guess I, I really want to create a future and try and add to that in any way that I can. I know I'm just one person, but I want the world to be a bit better. And I know that sounds cliche, but we're facing so many challenges in sustainability. And I think this is really a turning point for everyone where we need to really think about what we want the future to be. And for me, being invested in a project where I can see tangibly the effect that we could have and how we could create this change has been really inspiring. And it's something that I am definitely invested in and trying to create. Yeah, no, I think that's really lovely. And it's so nice to hear all these people that have, that have come on the podcast and are on different talks and different events. That we all want the same thing to you know, make the place, make the world a better place to live. So no, it's really nice to hear that from you. <laughs> um, so what sort of advice would you give to those concerned about tyre pollution now? Because I suppose those who haven't heard about Thai dust may be listening to this podcast and be thinking, oh no, what can I do before 2023 when this is rolled out? Well, yeah, well, we talked a little bit about public transport is still always a great option, but it's yeah. not always possible for everyone. Um, I think the thing that we need the most is for the public to advocate that they want to see this change and they want us to think about what's going into our tires and where is all that material going? It doesn't just disappear. It is accumulating uh, in our food chain, in our oceans, in our air. So we need to have that we want to see this change and uh, there is momentum and awareness growing. I mean, legislation has already started to take note. Actually, the UK government issued a call to action 
uh, last year on looking at other resources and solutions to this problem. And uh, in the US as well, uh, California has started looking into how they might mitigate some of the toxic ingredients. So we're on our way, but we need the public to continue to support this and raise more awareness. Okay, lovely. So just sort of sharing posts on social media, maybe signing petitions and, and things like that, they could possibly help. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, lovely. So coming on to the last questions now, if you could take a look into the future, say 2050, what do you think our transport will look like? Do you think that we will have these tire cap capture tidus captures on our all our vehicles or you know will lorries be electric will we have e-highways what do you think will the world will look like in 2050 in terms of transport well that's a really challenging question <laughs> uh it's uh, i mean the thing is that right now so many things are happening in the mobility industry it's really starting to take note of how it might be sustainable as a whole and take into account every source of pollution um, I think we will absolutely be using a different fuel than petrol. Um, electricity does look the most promising. I think we might start evaluating how our cities and fuel plants might change to better support that. I wonder a lot about if we might be looking more at like local production, not just in our uh, transport and our, our fuels, but also in our goods that we're transporting ourselves and how that might change our perspectives and also how our cities might adapt to better support that. Yeah, lovely. That, that's really nice to hear. So if our listeners do want to find out a bit more about the Thai Collective, where, where can they find you? Yes, so uh, we're on Instagram. We're also online. Our website is thetirecollective.com. Um, and we also have a newsletter if you want to subscribe to see uh, what we're up to most recently. No, that's lovely. Fingers crossed we'll be seeing your invention out on lots of different vehicles very, very soon. But yeah, it's been really, really nice to talk to you. Is there anything else you want to add before, before we go? Um, I think we talked through everything, but I mean, if anyone does have any questions, uh, reach out to us. We're always open to have a chat uh, and just talk about what we're doing. Uh, and thank you so much for hosting me as well. It's been great. No, thank you ever so much.